0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back into another edition of NFL University, the show where we educate you on all things across the National Football League. I'm Stephen Sertow of Arrowhead Pride. Thank you guys for joining us. And before we begin today's show, we ask that if you listen to this fine podcast, we just need you to please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, We're getting you ready for the regular season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night kicking off the regular season NFL. Uh, We've got a ton to get to on today's episode. Last week, we previewed the entire AFC. We're going to do that with the NFC this week. Go through. The teams that we think are most likely to win their divisions, top teams in the NFC and teams that you should be paying attention to. Uh, So without further ado, I have to introduce Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Fellas, before we get into the NFC, Texans general manager Nick Casario confirmed this morning on Houston Sports Radio that the team does not expect Deshaun Watson to play this week. But... They're going to recalibrate things as they go. Uh, I think it was pretty safe to assume we weren't going to see Deshaun Watson week one of the NFL season.
0: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like Deshaun wants to play for Houston at all. Um, For as much as like Houston is trying to play coy about this whole situation and essentially use Deshaun Watson Watson as an asset that they can trade in the future and, you know, kind of slow play this whole like consequences thing, right? Um, doesn't seem like Deshaun wants to play in Houston at all. So I'd be pretty shocked no matter what happens on the field if Deshaun got on the field at all for the Texans. Um, not just this season, but any season,
2: yeah, like ever remaining, right? Because what's right. changed since we started this? Nothing has really changed. Uh, Roger, Noth- still I mean, sitting things on have changed, hands. but nothing for the oh, better, for sure. For sure nothing, for sure. nothing good. We haven't seen anything to suggest that Watson is going to be on the field for the Texans, based on everything that has happened off the field. And I mean, they just extended, or they just gave Tyrod a new contract, and that kind of tells you uh, where they're at with their quarterback situation. So, um, yeah, it's it's looking like RIP for Deshaun in Houston.
0: Yeah,
1: I'd be absolutely shocked if we see him uh, suit up for the Houston Texans uh, again this season or, or ever in the future. Uh, Five thirty eight a uh, analytics web website uh, that we haven't really discussed on this podcast, but it was kind of running rampant yesterday on NFL Twitter. They released their yearly quarterback rankings and some shocks on on the list, uh, including Ben Roethlisberger coming in at number five, uh, Andy Dalton somehow being in the top 25 of current NFL starters, Uh, I I talked to you guys about this a little bit, and we just kind of had to address it here on this podcast because 538 has provided some valuable information in the analytics field a a time or two over the years. (laughs) And this is the worst quarterback rankings list that I think I've ever seen, and there's no way, looking at the data, that you could be like, oh, our algorithm's working properly. (laughs) Maybe we need to readdress this. Tom Brady,
2: number seven. Bad bot. Bad bot. Yeah, bad bot. Like this oh is uh, we got to fix it. Tom Brady behind Kyler Murray. What are we doing here? Um, there, there is a lot wrong with this list. So before we talk about that, was there anything that stood out to you, like in a good way, uh, when you guys were looking at this list? No, because I couldn't. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 could, it I couldn't. Now. No, I couldn't focus on anything other than
0: why is Ryan Fitzpatrick above Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah, that's like tough. that's that's a pretty big start. And then you start looking up the list and you're like Ben Roethlisberger top five. You're like, what what is even going on here? Um, there is not one human in America that thinks this list is correct. And that's how you know you messed up. Right. When no one agrees with you, that's when you know it's bad. I, I think the, the key ones. Right. We already touched on them a little bit. Roethlisberger at five. Absurd. Absurd. I I don't know if he's even an average quarterback at this point, right? He's just a point guard distributor. Um, That's kind of what he is.
2: In a half-court
0: set, by the way. Right, exactly. Kyler at six. Kyler is fine. I don't even think Cardinals fans think he's a top six quarterback in the league right now. Fitzpatrick at 12. And then, uh, like we mentioned before, Andy Dalton at 24. How long do we have to do this Andy Dalton thing? We're not going to do week two, right? Like we're just, we're feeding Andy Dalton to Aaron Donald. Right. And then next week we get Justin Fields. I thought this is what we agreed to. This is what we want. This is what the people want. Yeah. That should be the agreement between
1: the Chicago bears and the rest of the NFL fans in the country. Uh, But we'll see. Andy Dalton being (laughs) number 24 and in the top 25 is offensive, really, to everyone who's behind him. And that even goes for Daniel Jones. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Like, I understand we have question marks about those guys and the rookies. They haven't started yet. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Trevor Lawrence is better than Andy Dalton. Right now, and I don't even need the data or the projections to tell me that Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton.
2: I mean, if we go based on what we saw in preseason, you're probably gonna do the same for Zach Wilson too, right? And shoot, why not Mac Jones? Like they they all looked significantly better (laughs) than Justin Fields while we're at it. I mean, just yeah, just keep adding quarterbacks
0: to that list. (laughs) I mean Kurt Bankert. I mean, where where does the line stop? I don't know. Oh boy. Uh Kirk Cousins, 10. How do we feel about that? That's probably fair. I mean, the thing about Kirk is he's just – he's Kirk every game. And that level of consistency is nice, right? It's the same thing with Carr, where people don't want to see Carr or Cousins quarterback their team every week of the season. But over the course of the season, you're like, the fact that you avoided just massive catastrophe games for, you know – 15 of the 17 weeks is actually still a benefit in the NFL because we talk about quarterbacks winning games a lot. Quarterbacks lose games a lot too, oh, and the and they avoid that pretty
2: well. And that's why we have Jared Goff solo. That's why there's, you know, Dalton. That's why Danny Dimes is so low on the list because they all have the negatives, but their highs are just nowhere near what Kirk's highs are.
1: Yeah, but I certainly wouldn't put – Kirk and I, I do think that we kind of are, are a little hypercritical of him as a quarterback sometimes but I certainly wouldn't put him ahead of Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson uh, no
0: no so, uh, yeah let's be clear about that.
1: that It's like if Kirk's at 12 I'm okay with that 12 or 13 I think is right where he belongs and then Matthew Stafford only being one spot ahead of Jared Goff like I don't think I'm as high as Matthew Stafford with the Rams as like some people think that Stafford automatically like catapults the Rams into potential like Super Bowl contenders. Again, I don't know if I'm quite there with Matthew Stafford, but I don't think he belongs ranked next to Jared Goff like they they made that trade for a reason because Matthew Stafford supplies much more upside than Jared Goff does as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I do wonder how they do the splits, right? Because the, the thing about Goff, the Rams basically got rid of their under center passing game in terms of like everything other than play action right that was kind of like the rams big innovation was like golf can't pass from under center if it's straight drop back so all we're going to do is play action well if we're not comparing apples to apples right and we're going apples to oranges and we're just comparing all passes um and not having any context well yeah i mean the fact that like golf doesn't have to do like quick game stuff from under center and he's just hitting play action, which we know is, like, more efficient, like, that's not really fair, you know, if, if we're just looking at the numbers alone. I don't know. Looking at this, I'm just kind of, like, happy, man, because, you know, people talk about, like, automation all the time, and they're like, humans aren't going to have jobs in five years. <laughs> we still got it, man. We're going to be able to beat the computers. Like, w- we still got an edge over these
2: guys. We're safe. We are safe looking at
0: this. Yes, this this
1: definitely makes us feel like we're going to have jobs for a, a very long time. Uh, a couple other quick uh, news and notes before we get into our NFC preview. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback from ESPN's Brooke Pryor uh, says that Ben Roethlisberger is incredibly firm on his team's negotiation with TJ Watt. It's been kind of underreported that TJ Watt was doing a, a Jamal Adams type of uh, stand in, hold out, whatever you want to call it, uh, as he looks for a new deal from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Ben says TJ Watt should get whatever the heck he wants. He's one of the best players in the NFL, not just defensively, and says he took less money so the team could do things like sign uh, TJ Watt. Now, Ben might have done that. I don't really believe Ben because that's not really the Ben of of the past that we've been used to. Ben's kind of always been a... uh, throw your teammates under the bus type of dude but maybe this older Ben is starting to reflect a little bit on the transgressions of his past and he's starting to become a better person and a better teammate for the Pittsburgh Steelers
2: Ben saw himself on that as number five on that QB list and turned into a good <laughs> teammate all of a sudden who knew uh he, it's a swan song man he's he has nothing he has nothing else going on right now he's gonna just ride this out pump his teammates up gas them up, because this has never happened before and we have plenty of evidence that this is not who Vin is, but yeah, I I don't know where this is coming from. It's great. I love it. Support your teammates, yada, yada, yada. But where, like, we have to ask why, where is this coming from? Who is talking for him right now? It has to be like an age thing, right? Like how many
0: years does Ben Roethlisberger have? So he's like, no, just bring TJ Watt back. I don't care what happens in four years. I'm not going to be a Steeler in four years. Like, has to be along those lines, I think. And you talked about, you know, it being underreported. I didn't know T.J. Watt was having a holdout until like two days ago. <laughs> so frankly, yeah, right. like <laughs> I, I did not re- like. Does Pittsburgh have newspapers? Dude, like <laughs> they going got going like an ESPN reporter. If nothing else, right? Like, how how does this not matriculate?
2: Yeah, it apparently- should be a locker room yeah. cancer by now.
1: That's apparently been going on for weeks and yeah, it was not uh, widely reported until this week. I feel like before the regular season starts, uh,
0: I did see that like uh, the hangup is that they don't give guarantees to anyone beyond year one. And if that really is the issue, that is such an old timey way of thinking about the cap that I don't even know if that helps the Steelers because the way signing bonuses are structured with, you know, five-year contracts in this league now, it doesn't matter if that second year is guaranteed or not from, like, a team perspective because the dead cap is so high that you're never going to release that guy, you know, after year one anyway. So just guarantee the damn second year he's going to make the roster. I mean, that's right. really all the
2: argument is. Like, I know it probably helped them – like by April one, is that what the hangup is? Like if he gets by money by
0: the new year, didn't Antonio Brown get more than that? Cause they, they ate like 28 million in like dead cap when they traded Antonio Brown or something like that. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like they should probably honestly just pay TJ Watt. And if you're going to do this, Ben Roethlisberger thing, I don't understand why you wouldn't be trying to go all in. Cause like, a smooth transition of power is not what I think is uh, going to happen whenever Ben Roethlisberger is told to kind of kick rocks and that, you know, hey, man, maybe your arm is starting to fall off, right? Cannot wait for November.
1: <laughs> this this nice Ben when the Steelers decide, <laughs> I mean, we need you to hang it up. That nice Ben's not going to be nice for very much longer. I, I can promise that. Another quick note from today or, or yesterday, really, the Saints released, Running back Latavius Murray, I'd expect him to be a, uh, a guy that gets a lot of looks, still super productive player uh, who had one of the best years of his career last year, backing up Alvin Kamara. They're also in talks. It is not finalized as of yet, but being reported that it's expected to be finalized in some way as they kind of hash out the last couple of details, the Texans are expected to trade Bradley Roby to the New Orleans Saints. I actually love this move for the Saints. Roby's going to be suspended week one of the NFL season, but he should be back after that. When he's been on the field for the Texans, he's been a productive player and the Saints have been kind of looking for that other cornerback outside of Marshawn Lattimore for quite some time. So I actually love that addition for the New Orleans Saints defense.
2: Yeah, I think he's a good fit, too. He's a press man guy um, as a team, as a person who covers a team that needs cornerback help. And they just signed Josh Norman. Uh, Bradley Roby is a significant upgrade and he can still play. And obviously, you know, he doesn't have to be the number one guy there. So I think that'll be big for him, too. But, yeah, I, I like Roby. I always have. And I'm, I'm interested to see him play for a contender again. So that's going be fun.
0: Yeah, he's had some up and down years. Um, that happens at cornerback more than I think people realize. Um, I think probably like the bounce back position, right, where a guy looks good, then he looks bad, then he looks good again, and then he's just good for like five years. Mm -hmm. I think that that happens more at cornerback than probably, like, any other position in the sport. So I understand taking the risk there. Um, Definitely hurts them that they can't have him in for week one. But the Saints definitely needed to make a move at DB. And it's interesting, like, what does New Orleans think they are right now? Do you think that they still think they're a contender? Because they're a team that, like, can't stop, right? They cannot stop themselves. They see the buffet, and they're like, I need a pound at all. And then they get bloated, and they're like, oh, no, our cap situation. And then as soon as they get unbloated, they just go right back to it. They're like, they're like, oh, what can we do now? You know, like they, they just cannot stop themselves. They have no impulse control. So I do wonder if, like, this was supposed to be the reset year, right? After Breeze, it was supposed to be that reset year. And it doesn't seem like they're treating it like that anymore. Um, but at the same time, I just – Don't know if I trust that offense as much,
2: especially without um, Michael Thomas to start the season. So, yeah, Sean Payton's going to have his work cut out for him, but it's also Sean Payton. So if you know anything about him, think about his ego. He probably thinks that they're the best team in the NFC right now. So I can see why they're going all in. Um, I when you talk about Jameis won't be able to Jameis. Jameis is going to Jameis. Please believe that there's going to be nothing. Yeah, I just nothing. worry it's going
0: to be to guys who are running four fives. I mean, that's well, not the, the best situation. What are they going to do? They're going to play. Who's that returner that they got from like uh, that D three school? Uh, Dante Harris. Like, what are they going to uh, do? Put the hundred and sixty pounder out there to run nine routes? Like, there's not that many guys who can fly on that team. Traquan Smith. Targets. You're going to you're coming off the bus being like, we got to stop Traquan Smith today. No, it's not happening.
1: They really like Trey Kwan Smith. Uh, I don't great, great. I'm sure he's a great dude. They love him down in New Orleans. I, I think the Saints do truly believe that their defense can still be like a top-notch defense. And, yeah, Sean Payton's got that that ego that says, oh, no, we're still a contender. And now I don't even got to worry about Drew Brees and his ability to not throw the football down the field. Now I got Jameis. This thing's going to this thing's going to open up in a way we haven't been able to open this thing up in the last few years. So I think Sean Payton's actually excited for Jameis. And then of course he'll, he'll work Taysom Hill in into the rotation for no reason and ruin the chemistry of the offense. Uh, do you think,
0: uh do you think Payton's like ego is big enough that he's doing like whose house like in Jacksonville He's like, this is protect. Yeah. Protect our house
2: there's no doubt about it there's no doubt about it and like when we're talking about their offense I don't he's not going to well he's going to change and he's probably going to go back to what we saw in like the early 2010s of just like heaving it down the field but I think that's what we're going to see and I think he wants that he wants to be aggressive and kind of show everybody that he can still do this so yeah I think uh his ego is going to play a big part of what the 49 or 49 what the Saints do on offense this year
1: And one more quick note before we take a quick timeout. Uh, Cowboys guard Zach Martin did test positive for COVID. He has been fully vaccinated, uh, but he tested positive as early as three days ago. There's a small chance he could still be available for their season opener on Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it seems very unlikely at this point. So that could be a, a big loss for the Cowboys in week one of the NFL season uh, against the defending Super Bowl champions. But we need to take a quick timeout, and when we do, we'll get back, and we will go through the entire NFC season-long preview.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. I have some exciting news for you, class. Your time starts now. NFL. Crash Course? This doesn't happen very often. You're gonna enjoy this one.
1: Welcome back into NFL University. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. I'm joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. As well as Kyle Posey of Niners Nation. Last week on this podcast, we broke down the entire AFC and projected the teams that we like to win those divisions. And and kind of the teams that we expect to be a little bit better than anticipated headed into the season. We're going to do that this week with the NFC and I do want to start with the NFC North because it feels like despite the fact that we like Justin Fields and if they actually make him the starter, the Bears might be headed in the right direction for the first time in a long time. You know, we kind of expect the Vikings are what they are. The Lions, a case to be made, they might be one of the worst teams in the NFL, along with the Houston Texans. So we expect the Green Bay Packers to be the front runner in the NFC North, correct? Especially with Aaron's just letting it all hang this season. This is the Aaron Rodgers redemption tour, quieting all the haters, even after he won an MVP last season.
0: 538 QB one Aaron Rodgers right there. Real quick before
2: justice goes before justice goes. Aaron Rodgers seems like the type of guy who said, they said I couldn't do it, like fresh off an MVP season. like Nobody's doubting you. We know you're good. We know you're the best. But he is definitely the type of person that's going to ride that into a successful season. It's the like the, the Brady.
1: Absolutely. Brady, they doubted us.
0: You're right.
2: They, <laughs> doubt campaign.
0: Yes. We're the full armor. The full armor of of the petty. KP's been involved in this too. I mean, you've seen me in like group chats where it's like, Justice. No one said that. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, man, no, nah, man. I'm not backing down. It's yeah. all you. No. So Green Bay is obviously gonna be the leader of of this division. Um, I'm gonna start this off like top or bottom to top. Like Detroit was an interesting team, right? Because I thought, you know, s- some of the ways that they've structured that team in terms of like the offense grabbing like a, a power runner like Jamal Williams. I, th- I thought that there was kind of potential there for like the Dan Campbell stuff to work early on. Um, the problem with the Dan Campbell stuff, right? If you're going to be that guy, it's not necessarily like raw, raw coach, right? But it's a coach that the team rallies around and they're, like you're changing the identity very quickly. You need some wins early on. So that people don't lose doubt, and like that sounds you get the guys to buy in, right? Yeah, I mean it sounds very dumb, but like these are humans. Like that's kind of like how humans think, guys. I we've seen this enough in the league where it's like these guys need to win a couple out the gate. The problem is you watch them in the preseason and they just got smoked on the line of scrimmage. Like they're trying to play bully ball and they're just taking punches to the face in the punting. Like that is a bad look. Um, I did didn't you see what Melvin Ingram did to Penesol. I sure did. Panay Sewell's had some issues, man. Like I, I know for a fact that a lot of people um in the league thought that Detroit was actually going to take that Northwestern tackle, uh, Slater, Slater, and play him at guard rather at left guard instead of playing uh or picking Sewell and playing him at right tackle just because of how your footwork fundamentally changes when you're on the offensive line. Like going left to right, it, it's not really a debate about left tackle and right tackle anymore. Right. A lot of teams think about positions as left to right because of how their footwork works. So they're more likely to like push a left tackle prospect into left guard than they are to flip him on the other side of the line, ask him to do everything that he's trained through this point in life in reverse and play right tackle. Right. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with Panay Sewell, plus the fact that, you know, he basically didn't play last year. Um, right. I know he had a couple practices, but. I think he's going to be fine. Um, there's just going to be a learning curve there. Um, but, yeah, it, it they're in a bad spot, and I think they might have, like, swung and missed on, like, the construction of the team. And then once you get into, like, year two, year three of Dan Campbell and you're like, well, he didn't rally the troops and we're not doing the thing that, like, we basically brought him in to do. Uh, I wonder how much buyer's remorse sets in. Yeah,
2: so what is their offensive identity? Like, what are they trying to do? I mean, they are run they going... power
0: and ISO, but
2: they get their butt kicked on it right, right. now. And with when, most of the time when you run those type of offenses, you're a play-action shot team or you're going to run some type of play-action where you're getting over routes or something crossing the middle. Who are the guys that are going to get open for them? If you look at their roster,
0: Tyrell like Williams? Quintez
2: is like their yeah. best wide receiver, man. Like, like it's cool. – uh, Khalif Redman from the Titans, is there who's starting for them right now on their depth chart? And that is probably not somebody you want starting in the NFL in 2021. So, I, man. And, Jair, going to clamp him. Mm-hmm. Clamp him. And we have, we haven't even talked about the quarterback. So, uh, Jared Goff is leading the troops here. And Sean McVay ain't walking through that door and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are not joining him, it's going to be tough sledding for them. And when Steven just talked about how they might be one of the worst rosters, if you look at them from top to bottom, they have a strong argument, and this is not one of those arguments you want to be uh, in. But, yeah, defensively, though, what do, you, what do you think about what they have going on up front? Trey Flowers is healthy. Obviously, uh, Okuara. not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he had a strong season statistical-wise. Um, they brought in Levi, a lot of letters, who is intriguing, but I don't I don't know what to expect from them. Obviously, new defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Hope he does well, but he doesn't exactly have you know a cast of characters to uh, to call plays from either.
0: Yeah, and they drafted that uh, defensive end from Purdue, who like plays off ball linebacker. He played defensive end up until this last year, and then he played off ball linebacker at Purdue. Um, I believe Pro Football Focus had him as like the highest graded coverage linebacker in the preseason. So I want you to think about that. This dude was a defensive end until last year. And now he's Pro Football Focus's top coverage linebacker. That's a pretty good get. Um, he was one of the guys that I really liked in the draft process, uh Derek Barnes. Um, so I think their like line of scrimmage defenders are going to be pretty good, but they've just missed on so many linebackers in the draft and stuff and Obviously their defensive secondary is not panning out in the ways that they would wait ha- ways that they would have hoped um early on. Um when you spend a top ten pick on a cornerback and he's getting burned every play, uh that's right. never a good one. But we'll see if they take a step up. Um I wouldn't be surprised if their defense was a lot better than their offense, frankly.
2: They're gonna be on the field a lot though, and that's something to they sure watch are. Before.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see how
1: we can feel confident that the Lions offense is going to be good this season. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is expected to be ready to, for week one, but he has not practiced in a while. He's been really banged up all throughout training camp. So I, I just don't expect the Lions to be a very good football team. I, I am curious how you guys feel right now. Like, obviously, Packers are number one. Lions are number two in the NFC North. But in a world where Andy Dalton gets massacred week 1 as we all expect him to and Justin Fields becomes the starter and I think we're all we all feel confident that Justin Fields is going to be a very good NFL player are the Bears then the second best team in this division over the Vikings the Vikings still plenty of talent Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook and their defense, they really rebuilt this offseason after they struggled and they got some guys back that are going to be healthy. So you expect more of a Mike Zimmer defense that you're used to seeing. Do you think that the Bears, with Justin Fields, have enough talent to be the number two team in this division over the Vikings?
2: Quick answer, no. Justice? I, I think the
0: Bears could be the second team. Um, the big thing with the Vikings is they have now – they're so veteran that all their good players they're paying, right? So you're almost getting to the su- – they're they're almost in the same spot that like the Falcons were in after that Super Bowl run Well, you're basically just stars and scrubbing it, you know? Like that. that's what they are. And it's showing up in certain ways like who's going to be the pass rusher opposite of Denell Hunter? Like it's going to be S- Stephen Weatherly again? Like is that going to get the job done? So you, you have certain things where it's like – yeah, you have a great pass rusher, but you have one guy who can get after the quarterback, right? So if we can cancel that, then what are you going to do? It's a it's a lot of that on this team. So plus their offensive line is still in shambles. Um, Dershaw, you know, a lot of people had questions about him coming out in terms of like how productive he can be in the run game. And you know, have you guys ever heard his Zimmer press conference? I mean, this guy gets on after every loss and is like, we need to run the ball more. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, especially with, you know, the up and down stuff that we're going to get with the quarterback room. And, you know, we we just saw like, Hey, Zach Martin is going to be out for the first game of the season. Like what's going to happen when Kellen Mond is going to have to step in. If Kirk cousins ever gets COVID or something like that, God forbid, but. Not great. Whenever you're trading like a fourth round pick for uh, Chris Herndon last minute after uh, cuts, you know, that level of desperation for a guy like Chris Herndon is always like, oh, things are happening here and people are anxious.
2: So who's this young talent on the Bears outside of the quarterback that they just drafted? It's a quarterback I
0: don't know if you've watched football recently. Kate, it's quarterback league. <laughs> Quarterbacks make a huge difference. I don't know. Like Justin Fields scrambling and then being able to throw on the run after, you know, he makes up for uh, an offensive line breaking. I think that changes a lot in the game. Like their exactly. defense, their defense has a lot of weird stuff going on. Like Desmond Trufant uh, got cut. Um, I think that was surprising to a lot of people. So this isn't that same defense that like Khalil Max first year. Um was built around in in Chicago, but at the same time, it's not a bad defense. So if you're getting above average defense plus quarterback who can make plays on the move, I think that's enough to be better than what Minnesota has right now. Frankly,
2: Justice telling us that Vic Fangio is no longer there, and that makes a difference. Is the groundbreaking analysis why he is the leader? Un- of understatement, Africa. yeah. Um, so. I watched the Bears defense over the summer, and obviously Pagano's not there anymore, but they did some funky stuff where they are on the coverage on the outside. They are funneling everything to the middle, but there's nobody in the middle picking up the routes. It was really weird. Uh, Obviously, Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. Uh, Jalen Johnson played well on the outside. I don't know what to think of them. I think that we need to see the Vic Fangio version of Eddie Jackson because he is really, really good, and he's way too good. To be doing what he was doing last year, yes, quarterback makes a big difference. No, it is not sustainable to be running for your life every play. I think when we talk about Penesul, and that's going to be a work in progress. I think that's going to be kind of the same thing for Justin Fields, who I don't think he played nearly as poorly as some think in the you know in the preseason. Just because I mean, who knows? With as far as the protection goes, who was it on the offensive line? Was it on the quarterback? But I do think he is a big, big, big upgrade from Andy Dalton. I just think that they have plenty of holes on both sides of the ball. And I think maybe, maybe it comes back to just trusting Kirk Cousins, which is a wild thing to say, especially right now. But I, I would trust what Mike Zimmer does on defense, and I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But I think there's a better shot of the Vikings finishing ahead of the Bears this year. What, what's the win total for both of those teams? I don't have that in front of me. Maybe that will be a, will be a better sign of how good these teams will be.
1: Well, and I do think there's something to be said for the consistency of what we know we're going to get from Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff compared to the Chicago Bears coaching staff in the ups and downs that uh, head coach Matt Nagy has had as their play caller. And he can't really confirm like, yeah, I mean, we might mix up play calling headed into the year Andy's our guy. Nobody wants Andy to be the guy, but Andy's my guy like that stability does make you worry uh, uh, about the bears and their decision making in general. Whereas like, you know what you're getting from Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, you can bank on him being a stable head coach and, and making like rational decisions, which it doesn't seem like the bears are doing very often these days.
0: Uh, Vikings eight and a half bears, seven and a half. So it's okay. pretty tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Zimmer's great. If Zimmer ever gets, canned or frustrated enough to just like leave the vikings um he will get hired as a, he'll he'll get a call to be offered out. as a defensive coordinator before he puts his keys in the car right like, by the time walk out of the no <laughs> there's, there's no one who does hot pressures which is like uh third down right you you do a funky look to force a team to throw a ball to a specific area and then you basically just trap trap that ball right you trap that ball before it gets first down. No one is better at that than than Mike Zimmer. He's by far the best guy at, at designing and calling those plays um, on the defensive
2: level in the NFL right now. It seems like you know what's coming, and offenses still fall for it too. Uh, whether that because they got like
0: six guys walk down to the line right. of scrimmage, <laughs> and, and you have your guys spread say. out, and you're like, what can you do? Because we can't run on it, right? We can't protect it, so we have to throw through it. But where are we going to throw through it? Well, we're going to throw where you're not. But then they just trap it. Like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a very hard thing to handle, um, he's, especially he's when he can bluff it and he can do all that, you know, every third down. It's, it's not like a, a one-off specialty thing. Like, he is coming into
2: the game knowing, like, this is what I'm going to run against X on third down. So to, to the point of having the Vikings over the Bears, I trust Zimmer and what he's going to do because of, like they're always good on third down, even if they don't have a, like a great talented team, uh, they get off the field on third downs and that makes a difference. And just as you mentioned, like they're going to walk two guys up in the A gap. They're probably not both going to come. One of them is going to run underneath the throw, get a tip, maybe a turnover. But uh, yeah, I like what he does. And I think that's going to be the difference.
1: I want to transition to the NFC East because I feel like we could do a podcast just on this division alone. Uh, It seems almost inexplicable that there's a single division in football where you just never really know what you're going to get out of these teams year in and year out. And it seems like every year there's a 500 football team that's got a chance of winning this division. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, at least for me, have to be the favorite in the NFC East this year with Dak Prescott, assuming he's healthy and uh, looks like he's the top five quarterback that I believe him to be, even with the question marks on their defense. And then after that, there's a lot of question marks where it's like a lot of upside here and there with teams like the Giants, Eagles, and Washington, but I I'm struggling to really diagnose what I can bank on any of those teams doing consistently week in and week out. and So I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about the NFC East. And do you believe the Dallas Cowboys are clearly the best team in the division the way that I do? Who's their coach? Mike McCarthy.
2: Ah, okay. Um, I remember yeah. that guy. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Um, no. So the reason I say that, first of all, I, for some weird reason, maybe it's just because of the other teams, I think Washington is a team to beat. Um, Fitzmagic Magic guy here. But I, as far as Dallas goes, think they are far too vanilla. Like, they do not put their skilled players in the best position. And then they have to play defense, and that does not go well for them. So I'm not as high on Dallas, and I know they have tons of talent. I know if like, if anybody else was calling the plays, I'd be much higher on them. But we, do, we know what we're getting out of that offense. And despite having a top five quarterback, despite having three legitimate weapons on the outside and Zeke, their offense is just far too stagnant for me. And I think Mike McCarthy gets himself in a bit of a rut. And it's going to cost them when it counts. Um, Justice, you are shaking your head on Washington. I want you to argue so I can tell you why you're wrong.
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. The quarterback league, KP. It's a quarterback league.
2: Great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. That's it.
2: Grant. That's it. they got Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. They're not going to They win do have game. Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback and there is a chance that he plays decent. He doesn't I feel have like we've be been We're
0: 15 time. years into or 20 years into this Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. Oh, every off season, every off-season we say, "Hey man, they got a chance cuz they got Ryan Fitzpatrick." Oh, and then no, the no, regular no. season comes and it doesn't happen.
2: I'm I love, high on Washington because they have guys on the other side of the ball. I think that – Their defensive line is crazy. Yeah, crazy. like they are stacked, stacked. And William Jackson is an upgrade from Ronald Darby. Who knows what you're going to get from you know Landon Collins. But I really think that they're going to be able to control teams because of that and they won't be on the field very long. So uh, with the – on the other side of the ball, obviously you have Terry McLaren. You have Curtis Samuel. If their OC is worth a damn, Scott Turner – uh, we will see plenty of touches to Curtis Samuel and they will be ahead of the chains. That way Fitz magic isn't throwing these eyes closed fadeaway throws on third and seven, third and eight. So that's what I'm kind of betting on with Washington. I like them more than everybody else is the easiest way to put it. Uh, oh. Who go ahead.
1: I was going to say, KP, I think your argument is totally logical. Oh, it, uh, is. I it, is ma- it
2: makes plenty
1: of sense. But I'm with Justice in the fact that, like, I love Fitzmagic. I think football is better when Fitzmagic is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But he's got, like, a six-game cap. Like, he he's going to play five or six weeks. He's going to have a terrible game where he throws four picks and they get blown out by somebody they shouldn't get blown out by. And then we're talking about Taylor Heineke is the starting <laughs> quarterback for that football Hey,
0: team. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> The former XFL's Taylor Heineke. Uh,
1: I mean, hey, he hung in a playoff game last year, so maybe that's the for this team because I do think their defense has a chance to be a a monster with that pass rush, and the offensive weapons are there for Fitzmagic to succeed. So, yeah, I want to pick Washington, but I feel like the question mark of Fitzmagic is just as big as the question marks I have of the eagles and can jalen hurts take the next step as a passer is their team even really that good anymore uh with with the kind of like veteran overturn that they've had and some of the young guys that we still have major question marks about and then the giants just seem like they're a train wreck with daniel jones and their offensive line just looking like it's the worst offensive line in the nfl so the
2: let giants me ask you this it's a quarterback league we have Dak Prescott, but he has Mike McCarthy. So we have to say Mike McCarthy when talking about Dallas. Mike McCarthy Dallas, Danny Dimes New York, Ryan Fitzpatrick Washington, and Jalen Hurts Philadelphia. Which of those four names do you feel the most confident of? Dak, Prescott. what are you talking about? No, it's Mike McCarthy is the answer. No, we're not talking about Dak.
0: You can't cheat. It doesn't – Aaron Rodgers had Mike McCarthy too.
2: He won the division a couple of times. I don't know. Do you watch football, KP? Oh, what, do you, what do you think this league is? I just cannot wait to be right at the end of the season when we play this back and Dallas okay. is like 7-10 and ten and Washington is – like, and, 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 and I'm not saying it, that they're going to be it. bad. Put it on Twitter. Well, uh, they will not win more than nine eight nine eight games, whatever it is. They're not making the playoffs. They're not good. They have it's talent, like but that doesn't the mean NMC they're NMC good. They don't
0: have to be good to make the playoffs.
2: Neither does Washington. I'm not not saying that Washington is going to be this juggernaut. I'm just saying they're going to be one to two games better than everybody else because everybody else is not good.
0: They play a tougher schedule, KV. I don't know if you remember last year, but they they made it to the playoffs, so they get one seed.
2: That is a big deal, and that does matter. Yeah, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so that is a fair point.
1: I mean, before Dak went down last season, he was was easily thrown for 5,000 yards and – I understand the question
0: mark. You won't gaslight me. You won't gaslight me. I'm taking <laughs> Dak Prescott over Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and uh, Way to go out on a limb, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are we talking about here? We're Let's talking go to about next the division. next division. Next division. I'm done. Yes. Yes. All
1: right. The uh, from probably the worst division in football to maybe the best division in football, the NFC West, uh, San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks. I think every one of these teams thinks that they can be a playoff team, Super Bowl contender caliber football team. I, in no way, believe the Arizona Cardinals are a Super Bowl contender, maybe a playoff team if some things fall their way. Uh, I think this division is more about the Rams and the 49ers this season than it is the Seahawks. And it's not me doubting Russell Wilson, it's just me doubting their overall roster and the things that they. The ways that they hold Russell Wilson back is a, a player sometimes. Uh, personally, I want to see Trey Lance become the start of the 49ers, and I think the 49ers have Super Bowl potential if that happens and he plays well with Kyle Shanahan and the overall talent of their roster. I think they're one of the most talented top-to-bottom teams in the NFL.
2: They won six games last year, and people are acting like they're going to just run away with the NFC. That is wild to me. Um, and a
1: lot of injuries.
2: Yeah. It, it, but that happens every year to this team. This is nothing new. Yeah, is uh, just the way people treat Kyle Shanahan is pretty amazing. And I'm not, and I'm a big fan of his, have been for a long, long time. Um, it's just kind of funny to see it all play out because it's not just fans talking about him like that. It's everybody. Like Everybody loves Kyle Shanahan. And to be fair, yeah, their roster is stacked. If you look at their too deep, they have a lot of guys who should be starting around the NFL, and a lot of teams can't say that. So I understand why. Even like their win total, I believe, is like 10 and a half. I, I get it, but it's just funny to see it play out because we it hasn't happened. Like It hasn't happened consistently. Uh, I think three out of four, four out of five years at a losing record. And when they lose, it's not like they're seven and nine. They're bad, bad. So um, I want one of you guys to take the 49ers to see what uh, to see your thoughts on them.
0: I I think it's really interesting that they can just like add talent into that scheme and they found ways to do it. Um, One, I think one of the biggest benefits that. Kyle Shanahan has brought to San Francisco and you got to give him credit because a lot of people lit up um, the, the Lynch hiring right at the beginning where they're like, what qualifications does this guy have? I mean, they've been doing a pretty good job at picking up talent off of like the waiver wire and stuff. Um, you look at like Maurice, uh, Maurice Hertz, Hurst, Hurst. His name? I forget. D tackle from, from Michigan. I mean, he's going to be able to push the pocket um, for whatever reason, the Raiders let him go. Guys like that, and then Shanahan is very clearly like picking his guys on offense, right? Like <laughs> I, I don't think anyone gets to have a conversation about like offensive free agents other than Kyle Shanahan just being like, Yeah, we're gonna go grab this guy now. Um, so I think that's a factor. Plus, I mean we talked about it this off season, right? Um, Kyle Shanahan, last two times he's had a quarterback for healthy for a full season, uh, he's made it to the Super Bowl. Like that's what it is. And A lot of those losses, yeah, injuries pile up, but when you have Nick Mullins out there and Nick Mullins legitimately can't do anything other than, like, play-action shots, um, that becomes a problem. Same thing with CJ Beathard. So I think San Francisco's legit. I think the Rams are legit. Um, Pretty close to, like, superpower programs, as you could, like, think, in terms of, like, Everything is moving to one clear goal, right? Everything is moving to one clear goal. They know what they need. They're going and grabbing that. They're improving at the quarterback position. It's happening, right? Then you have Seattle, which is like almost – the NFC West is almost like the SEC West, right, where these teams aren't content with just being like two games over 500 because right. that's not what you're asking these teams to do to compete and get out of the conference level, right? Uh, or out of the division level. Um, So Seattle is using minus splits now. I think the run game is going to be a whole lot better uh, than it was um, before Waldron. And then Arizona looks nice on paper. And obviously (laughs) there's optimism about Kyler, but I just don't think they have it together in the same way as these three other teams. And they might be one of the biggest victims of like, just who you get to see for those six games a year in division in the league because I mean just imagine just knowing you're going in every season you're getting McVay with Stafford now you're getting Shanahan with Trey Lance for the foreseeable future you're getting Russell Wilson that's a tough six
2: game slate yeah I agree with a lot of that I think as far as the 49ers go their team speed is insane and teams just can't seem to match that on both sides of the ball and that's why they're able to both move the ball and get off the field like the if you just watch their third down so D'Amico Ryan is going to be uber aggressive uh they actually blitz a lot more than people believe so they, they blitz on third downs over 50 percent last year and that's going to transfer uh this year with D'Amico Ryan's I think and that's going to help them get off the field I do think the the Rams are going to be the best team in the division but we we didn't talk about their offensive line and uh, that is yeah. going to be something that I feel like, and this is probably an ego thing with McVay where, Hey, just give me a guy who can run, which we saw in the second, uh, the second round of the draft. So they're taking uh, skill guys as opposed to adding beef up front to invest in their quarterback in a different way. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on to see if, you know, Stafford has to watch his back when he's dropping back because they don't have guys protecting him. So um, that's really the only question I have. Though I, I think Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are so much better than people think uh, they are just as receivers as blockers. They do a lot for their running game.
0: People don't give credit to wide receivers who just don't run like crazy. Right. right. I, I think a lot of people just overvalue that and they don't understand like the modern run game. Right the way that these teams are running and they're using boot action it's not from wide alignments with those wide receivers right those wide receivers aren't lining up outside the numbers because if you're lining up that wide when you're asked to make a block in the run game all you the only person near you is that cornerback
2: yeah so they move move those out of safety
0: right they they move those guys into the formation and now you can you can block a linebacker now you can get a clear shot on a safety and that's what all these these you know, the Rams, the Niners, now the Seahawks are starting to do that. Like, that's what these teams are doing. And you need a certain type of wide receiver because it's not these small guys who, who can do it. it. Like Brandon Cooks, there's a reason why Brandon Cooks isn't in Los Angeles anymore, even though, um, you know, he has high flying speed. It's because that's not like how that offense is structured. You need guys who can be bullies at some
2: point. Which is why them drafting, uh, who they draft in the second Tutu. round Tutu. Yeah. Why, Tutu. When they had 150 on receiver roster yeah. already.
0: What are you I don't think Tutu is right. going to be active, right? They can't. Because all he can do is run Jets. And, like, at that point, why wouldn't you have Deshaun there, right? <laughs> like, if you have Deshaun and Tutu, you play Deshaun, and then you're like, Tutu, okay, you're a healthy scratch. And you spent a second-round pick on him. Like, that was the first second-round pick in NFL history that's – ever been made off of the ability of a player to run a jet sweep? that is so weird
2: yeah I, I just man. didn't understand that <laughs> it's, it's not, different it's man like it's Different.
1: Hey, that's what i want to do that's my guy that's what i'm going for but it does feel like we all agree that the arizona cardinals are the worst team in this division right cliff no faith in cliff whatsoever
0: i i think i think cliff is bad at his job but i think the cardinals aren't a bad team um there's definitely optimism there, right? Like moving forward. Um, Kyler, Kyler's not gonna retire, right? Like if Cliff is gone. I know they have so they have the same agent, right? They obviously have a relationship. Kyler Kyler had options to go to baseball. It never really made sense for him to go to baseball because he's not a pitcher. Um, I know people don't think of like the sports
2: positionally, but like he's a middle infielder, man. Yeah,
0: the the, the, the way head. the way it works, right? MLB pitcher. NFL quarterback, MLB player, NFL player. That's kind of like the order of operations of like what sport you should play for, for money alone. Plus Kyler gets that money up front in football. We don't think that like, if Cliff is gone after this year, you know, with the relationship with Kyler, with having the same agent, right. We don't think he's going to like go to baseball, right. That's, that's not happening because Kyler's done enough on the football field where okay, I can get that $100 million contract right now. I don't have to be riding buses in like Tulsa and
2: Birmingham and stuff like that playing all these minor league games just so I can get my shot at the majors. So even if it's Kingsbury and are gone, they're probably going to go to Kymer and be like, who do you want? Like, what do you want to do with this franchise? So I thought they did a good job of bringing in Rodney Hudson. I think he's just going to be a huge upgrade. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Rondell Moore um, I mean, they just drafted. A He's receiver like their wide receiver floor. Yeah, like and that's that's they're tough. D- they're drafting the same dudes: Christian Kirk, Rondo Moore, Andy Isabella. They're essentially all the same player, or usage wise, anyway. They are. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the direction is there. Like you got Nuke and AJ Green too, where it's like
0: there's those are to outside feed, guys, man. Right. There's mouths to feed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yep. and they have they have options for sure. I'm here for an AJ Green resurgence in, in Arizona this season. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if AJ
0: Green looks good and Chase keeps dropping balls, I think Bengals fans, Ooh. I think it might be it for them. <laughs> like I think that might be the that. breaking
2: point. Just found some new route for. But what happens if JJ Watt goes down and now you just have Chandler Jones? What happens if Chandler Jones goes down and now you just have JJ Watt? So right. letting uh, what, who's the guy? Uh, who had a bunch of sacks last year. I forgot what his name is off the top of my head. Oh, the, like, 230-pounder. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just not not having a different edge rusher and relying on J.J. Watt, giving his injury history, that's oh. risky. But even riskier is probably their secondary, and that is going to be a big reason why I would be out on Arizona, knowing who the offense is that they are going to face in the NFC West without investing in your secondary, what do they do instead? They took a linebacker in the first round. It just doesn't seem like there's much of a, a plan for what Arizona wants to and, do. And, and those
0: guys are confused too. Like you can watch them in the preseason. And Simmons and uh, – They're inside Zabin backers, Collins. you mean? Yeah. Simmons and, and Zayvon Collins are both – I mean you can watch them and like teams are running a motion and they're like looking at each other for like confirmation <laughs> they're like yo what what are we supposed to be doing here and then should they I'm like up, get I'm into up. it late so maybe that's something that that works uh better you know down the line and you know maybe mid-season we're not having the same conversations about those linebackers that we are right now but i think early on i mean you drafted green linebackers who can run and you're getting green linebackers who can run until they're not green anymore, and that's on them, and that's on you guys. You know, like you guys got to figure it out at some point.
1: Yes, and that Arizona Cardinals secondary gets Julio Jones and AJ Brown in week one of the NFL season. Torch.
0: That's that's the one game where I'm like over because I don't know if the Titans know what they're doing on defense, and I I'm yes. pretty certain the Cardinals don't know what they're doing on well, defense. Well, what's that and number? Most of those in the teams 50s? Can score. I, I, think think so. in the 40s. I think it's high 50s. I think uh, it's
1: high 50s. Get Julio and A.J. Brown into your week one fantasy lineups. They should have been already, but they're going to be absolute monsters. That's
0: a mismatch, too, because like the guys who can cover in Arizona are small dudes. Yep,
2: it's small. That and is small. a tough
0: task when you have bully ball uh, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown.
1: And we've got one more division to get through real quick. The NFC South. I feel like we don't really need to spend a ton of time on this division. It's the Bucs, right? Like we we I think we all expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best team in this division. There's too many question marks uh with every other team. And the Bucs just have the most talent. Like clear cut, most talented team in the division without question, in my opinion.
2: Dallas, no Zach Martin versus Vea and Sue. Best of luck. Like what are what are what's gonna happen there? Are they gonna be able to move the ball?
1: I uh, got a little ahead of myself and boldly predicted that the Cowboys would upset
2: the (laughs)
1: years to open the season. Uh, So that's going to blow up in my face tomorrow. We can talk about that next week uh, after they absolutely crush the Cowboys. I have zero faith in it, but it's already out there in the world. Uh, You can find it on last week's NFL reacts. Uh, So you can crush me if you want to crush me in the reviews, but still leave a five star after that. That's totally fine. Uh, It's an awful (laughs) prediction. And I, I know that now.
2: Uh, Does uh, Tampa Bay improve or did they take a step back? And I'm not talking about results wise of winning the Super Bowl, obviously, but will they be a better team this year?
0: I think they're going to be better than they were I, overall. I thing. think season long, definitely better, right? Because like, if you remember their offense, it took them a while to heat they, up last year. Sure did. We thought they were going to miss the playoffs right, man. Right. Like, that's what I mean. Like season long, yeah, I think we're probably going to get something closer to like what Tampa was the second half of the year. Um, I just really don't see a reason why they would drop off right now. I mean, they brought the guys back. You know, Bruce Arians, like, very openly was like, yeah, and we're bringing everyone back the entire offseason, and they did it to their credit. Um, they figured out how to make it work. The other teams are, who oh boy, Atlanta, what are you doing? You should have taken a quarterback, man. <laughs> like, Julio Jones is gone now. You have a rookie tight end who probably, like – He's going to be good, but he's probably going to catch like 500 yards this year. And then Matt Ryan doesn't have anyone who's going to block for him. Carolina, your head coach is Matt Rule. Okay. You've taken two swings at quarterbacks and you've gotten Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold out of it. If Sam Darnold doesn't work this year, do you make another quarterback switch? If you do make a quarterback switch, does Matt Rule get to make a third choice for quarterback in three years? Obviously, they were planning for the Deshaun Watson stuff, and then when the allegations came out, their plans had to change. Um, That's a tough situation to be in as a team, but you have to adapt, man. And then New Orleans, we already touched on them a little bit. I think in the secondary, they're a little suspect. I don't think they have enough speed at wide receiver Michael Thomas not being there early on in the season hurts. I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans was almost like uh, like kind of almost what we saw from Tampa last year. Where the first half of the season, it looks ugly and you think that they're not going to be in the playoff race at all. And then second half of the year, you know, they get Michael Thomas back. You know, teams realize, hey, it's really hard to cover two slot receivers when the slot receivers are Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and then they just start getting rolling uh behind that offensive line and defensive line and make like a wild card or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's hard for me to be down on the Saints knowing who they have as the offensive line and who's calling the plays. So just with those two pieces alone, I feel I like I just worry be about speed,
0: man. Line. Speed of no, wide receiver fair. is is going to hurt them, I think. They if if there was like a wide receiver who like He's on, like, a 0-3 team, right, week four. He's like, damn, I want to trade. I'm on the last year of my deal. Like, send me to a team that could, like, maybe contend and New Orleans could get a couple wins and, and be in that conversation. I think that would be really nice for him, you so, know? Yeah. Like, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks huh. back to New Orleans. <laughs> Look, man, Brandon Cooks is going to get traded 80 times in, in his NFL career. It's amazing because it's just, like, a team being, like, Wait, we need speed. Who has speed? And they're like, Brandon Cooks. And for some reason, no one likes him enough. Like teams like him enough to trade first round picks for him several times, but not enough to keep him on the roster for like more than three consecutive years.
2: Yeah, this is not a good division. The the Panthers, fake team. Falcons, fake team. Uh, Saints will be fine. I think that is actually a really good comparison for the Saints. It'll probably be a struggle at first, but they need to figure out their identity. They have a new, uh, new quarterback. They have to see what Jameis can and can't get away with. Jameis has to find out what he can and can't get away with. But I think I do think they'll figure it out. But the, like, they're not going to be better than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay brought back everybody and added Joe Tryon, who is, I feel like he's going to be very, very good. And it, it would have been tough for him to go to a better situation too. So yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, who's going to be who's going to be the one seed in the NFC? Tampa. Yeah, I think it's Tampa. I think
0: it's Tampa. I think it's Tampa, and then Green Bay is probably the conversation for the two seed. Um, I just think the the NFC West has teams that, like, talent wise, right? I think could keep up with those those squads, but the strength of schedule of just like you have to play the NFC West for six games. I think yeah. they'll beat up just on gonna, each other. Yeah, they're just going to take bites out of each other's legs, like Dan Campbell was talking about, right? Or knees.
2: The 49ers do have the last play schedule and that extra game does come against the AFC North, which is against the Bengals though. So that like if of all the teams, they would be the one to come out, but I think it's going to, I actually was leaning green Bay um, just because I know it's hard for you know teams to repeat. So I think Tampa Bay, I mean, they're going to be good, obviously, but it's going to be between green Bay and Tampa Bay, but I would go green Bay um, just because I think everything comes together for them. And what well, my, Uh, my thoughts on Mike McCarthy compared to who their current coach is. It's just night and day, man. So yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good.
1: My, my early prediction, I was leaning 49ers to be the number one seed in the NFC, but uh, the more Tampa Bay brought everybody back, the more I'm getting sold on the idea that they're just going to be better. They're not going to have that slow start to the year this year. I don't believe like they did last season. I just think they're the clear cut. Uh, best team in the nfc it's hard for me to pick against tom brady right now but uh he's kyle posey of niners nation you can follow him on twitter at kp underscore show he's justice mosqueda of acme packing co you can follow him at j-u-m-o-s-q on twitter i'm steven serta that's where you can find me thank you guys so much for joining us we got week one nfl on tap tomorrow night season getting underway we'll talk to you guys next week